The Athene Real Talk podcast explores controversial ideas to stimulate debate and active thinking. These ideas do not always reflect Athene's personal views. Welcome to the Athene Real Talk podcast. He has been called the best gamer in the world, hands down. World famous gamer and philanthropist Athene. Gaming for good, it's called, has raised more than $20 million. Using his notoriety to raise money for charity. On activism, science, culture, and self-development. I'm proud to have him in the studio today. I would not want to take you on in a video game. I want to explain you guys where I come from and how I, I build my view on the world. And I will go about it very systematically from the core to where I am now. Basically, whenever you make an argument, you have to build it on premises. And basically, one premise requires you to assume other premises. For example, math, if you say 5 plus 5 equals 10, you need a rule set in order to make that that assumption. And you have two different types. You have inductive logic. Inductive means there is a chance that it's going to rain and when it rains you're going to get wet just based on probabilities is inductive reasoning. And then there is deductive reasoning which means if A is true and A is equal to B then B is true as well. So I'm just saying like you can basically make certain assumptions based on a system while in inductive reasoning you just think in statistics instead and probabilities. And I think that is very important to understand. The thing what you can do is, and this will really help, like I really hope a lot of people will listen to this because this will help them a lot. A logical fallacy is also begging the question. It's one of the logical fallacies. And basically you present a circular argument in which the conclusion was included in the premise. It's a very important one. Example, the word of Zorbo, the great, is flawless and perfect. We know this because it says in the great and infallible book of Zorbo, best and most truest things that are definitely true and should not ever be questioned. So basically you use your conclusion included in the premise. And the reason why I'm explaining this is because everything is fundamentally circular. If I say this bottle exists, then I'm using my own existence, I'm assuming my own existence, to say that this bottle exists. So by just saying that this bottle exists, I'm actually making a circular argument because I am assuming that I exist. And I think that is a very important understanding to know that whenever you make any kind of argument, you always assume that you exist. And that is why when you keep asking questions, you have to build on a foundation where you assume that you exist. Because if you take your existence out of the equation, you can't make an argument to begin with. So that is literally the assumption that I start with. So with axiomas, it's not even an axioma because it's inductive. It is not deduced. It is not absolute. So even my own existence, I just say like, okay, let's assume my existence is there. So it's already inductive. But I have to assume that I exist in order to even build. So the first thing I do is understand what I am. And you immediately already come to the point where you have to understand things scientifically. You have to understand your experience and you go about it in a very scientific way. Empirical evidence almost immediately emerges out of assuming that you exist because you want to understand what existence is. And doing so brings about knowledge about evolutionary biology, neuroscience, all these consistent patterns that bring about what I am. And what I start realizing is through quantum physics and my understanding that everything is probabilistic. And that in order for me to exist, I seem to be subject to these consistent patterns that also allow me to even think and speak. 
And that is where a lot of philosophy and science gets like into a debacle. But the way I look at it is very simple. I see it as two sides on the same coin. If you say, what do you need first? The objective reality or awareness, consciousness, I would say you can't have one without the other. Because consciousness requires you to have very consistent patterns in order to even be able to be self-aware based on the assumption that I exist. So even if existence is my starting premise, that doesn't mean that existence, therefore, overrules the objective reality. And that's the thing, like what a lot of people don't really understand, in, even in philosophy, is you need both. Statistically, you need both, because you're not for sure. Maybe this is all a dream, and then you don't even maybe need the consistent patterns, but just through inductive reasoning, you need both. Because without consistent patterns, you don't have the ability to have all these memories and thoughts, like you also see it when you take drugs, your awareness gets altered and such. So obviously, you are subject to these consistent patterns. But then again, reality itself, if you take consciousness out of the equation, if you take us out of the equation, does it even exist? Because what is existence? You have to define it. But how can you define it? Like, how does a rock define itself without being aware that it's a rock? You have to understand these things. You have to be able to conceptualize these things in order for it to express itself. And then you might say like, yeah, but you can still see a rock in your world, right? But it's always a result of my experience. If I take my experience and my existence out of the equation, there is no such a thing as a rock to begin with. Just to understand that. So fundamentally, you always have to assume that everything is inherently relative to the subjective reference frame, which is you. And in order to build a rhetoric, you try to go about understanding what existence is, what you are, and you automatically bounce to physics and science and neuroscience and evolutionary biology and get to have a much stronger paradigm that shows that everything is probabilistic. And as a result, you have to think with inductive reasoning and you can't think in absolutes. And basically, you see already like the foundation I lay is an assumption is that I exist. And I'm just trying to explain, it is very important for people to understand that because then when you understand what you are and what existence is and you see evolutionary biology and you see like all these drives I have, the reason why I want to drink, the reason why I want to eat and such, the reason why I experience what I experience is because of this information, this history, gives you a better understanding in what you are and what you're designed to do and what gives you purpose. Because you start understanding that even things such as purpose are defined by us and the definition is connected to an emotion in your brain. You use neuroscience to get to these answers, to these questions, fundamental questions, and as a result, you build a paradigm that is built on very solid patterns, consistent patterns that are in line with the reality you experience. And that's why whenever I'm in a discussion, I can really go back and back and back and back and back to the core, to the essence, and build it all back up. Because I've gone through the process myself many times, and whenever I get confronted with a fallacy in what I'm thinking, I review and rethink it and uh, really question myself. But it's really hard because it's quite solid. And basically, like the understanding of neuroscience brings about the understanding of how you work and how you have a part in you that is in denial and how you have emotions and how reason works. And you start understanding how, you know, people's drives is mainly defined by their reward center, what's connected to it. And that's all based on the assumption of existing, which is then, you know, trying to understand itself, which immediately translates in looking at things in probabilistic and using empirical data to see what is more or less likely. So it's quite simple. This is literally like the way I think and why I use logic because logic, even logic itself is inductive. You don't have such a thing as deductive logic. 
Even deductive logic is always based on induction, is assumptions, probabilities. You have to understand there is no such a thing as pure deduction. Deduction can only happen within a framework you create that is inherently inductive, which is based on probabilities rather than absolutes. And people tend to really think deductively in absolutes. They think, ah, oh, the world is real, it's absolutely true, therefore this is absolutely true, or this is either bad or this is either good. Murder is bad. And then you see that as an absolute, so you deduce certain ideas out of it, which are just completely flawed, because murder is not absolutely in all universal contexts as bad. And that's the thing. Inductive reasoning allows you so much more to access and understand and be unbiased than being deductive about things in a way that thinks in absolutes. So yeah, I just wanted to explain that because this might help quite some people. And then of course, like when you understand the brain, you start seeing how what drives you is not what you are, but rather this conditioning that you've learned through approval seeking as you grew up and you have the ability to override that and change and learn. And all these things really contribute tremendously to your own growth and helping society. Rupcup says the fact that you think murder is okay just shows how fucking insane you are. Rupcup, that is not true. I didn't say murder is fine. I said murder is not absolutely wrong in all cases. If there is someone about to kill your family and the only way that you can save your family is by murdering the person, then you wouldn't say it is wrong. And that's the thing. You got to understand that you're seeing these things not because I'm saying these things, but because you're trying to confirm your own ID. And that is why people can't truly listen, is because they fill up their own thoughts with the information they want to take. They are filtering the information based on what they value on a fundamental level. So if comfort is what you value, you will automatically only filter and see the information that confirms your comfort, and you will use your reasoning to achieve that. And that is the exact same answer to the question. People are not truly having conversations in order to learn their drive, their core drive is why they have the conversation in the first place. I never quote people, by the way, on the stream, but today I'm going to make a little exception because this is going to be very, very controversial. That's why I'm going to quote in order to take a bit the backlash of the intersubjectivity. This is also something, you know, Einstein didn't like so much school. Carl Sagan says also there's some stuff he doesn't really understand what's going on. And I'm going to quote Carl Sagan here. And then I'm going to be talking about something that will help you guys tremendously if you understand it. This is a quote from Carl Sagan, and he says, You go talk to kindergartners or first grader kids. You find a class full of science enthusiasts. They ask deep questions. They ask, what is a dream? Why do we have toes? Why is the moon round? What is the birthday of the world? Why is the grass green? These are profound, important questions. They just bubble right out of them. You go talk to a 12th grader, and there is none of that. They've become incurious. Something terrible has happened between kindergarten and the 12th grade. That's Carl Sagan. And the reason why I'm doing this quote is because I'm going to explain what went wrong. When you go to school, you literally learn to think in a framework where when you do something, you get points. You get rewarded by points or whatever. And the problem with that is the reward that you're getting is completely fake. That's the problem. But you really get conditioned from early on that you do things that most of the time are useless, but you get rewarded with something that is fake. And it's an entire self-sufficient system. But the problem by doing so, you're getting this false way of thinking where you feel like when you do something in the real world, you almost expect certain reward. And that's what's going on from kindergarten as you grow up. 
You do something, you get rewarded. Then when you go to university, you do something, you get rewarded. You get your degree. Then you do a job, nine to five job. You do something, you get rewarded with money. You might say like, okay, isn't that very obvious? No, it is not. Because that's the true difference between a visionaire and someone that just follows the system. Someone that follows the system is trapped in this fake reward system, in this fake framework where you do something, even if it's meaningless, even if it's useless, since the impact itself is not really creating a feedback loop, but the feedback loop is created by you getting rewarded by something fake, you really have this delusional connection with the world, with your actions. You just do something because you feel like you're going to get rewarded for it anyway within this intersubjective framework. But the real thing is, the reward does not come from the intersubjectivity. The reward comes from the actual impact you have. We have been desynthesized as we grow older, from kids to until, you know, very old, to not really measure our actions based on impact, but rather on these fake empty rewards. And that's truly the difference between a visionaire and someone that just follows the framework in the system. A visionaire doesn't measure itself based on these fake rewards, but the actual impact. And I'll tell you guys something. If you go to school, you get your grades and stuff, then you go to university, you get your grades. Very simple. Same with games. If you play World of Warcraft, your achievements, you get this fake sense of reward, but it's empty. It means nothing. It literally means nothing. Like, you didn't win something, you didn't achieve something. The only thing you achieved is you're wasting your life playing a video game, getting these kicks that don't get you anywhere. And the moment you start realizing that and you start reflecting on that, you start wondering like, Batman, I'm really, really delusional. But why does it work so well? It works so well because you feel like it's real. You go, you go to school, you get rewards, you get rewards, you get your food. You don't, almost like you lose connection with the actual real world. And then like you go to your job and if you're lucky you find a job, you get your money, you buy your things and it's very simple, it works. But the problem is it starts breaking down, this entire illusion starts breaking down when objective reality starts hitting you in the face. If you go to your entire university, you have your degree, you go and find a job and they say, sorry, we don't need you. And then you go like, but, but I did all my best, I did all this work. Like, uh, they told me, like, where is my reward? Sorry, we need people with experience, but I don't, I don't have experience. Get the fuck out. And you have all these people that really give all these degrees so much value, so much authority. And then when you go to the real world, suddenly it's not about the degree, it's about experience. It's about actual impact. But you've never learned to calibrate yourself based on impact. You've learned to calibrate yourself based on fake rewards. And if you can actually pinpoint that emotion and connect it from these fake rewards to actually the objective reality, that can really help you tremendously to start thinking as a visionary. And I'll give you a few examples. When I got told like by um, someone, I'm not going to name it, like I was talking like to Reese about, you know, school is not that important and all that stuff. And I got criticized for it. And I said like, look, I made more than 300k in less than a year, not with my degree. It really creates a short circuit in people's brains. The moment you start going outside that framework of fake rewards and this entire fake system and start achieving so much more in impact, people start becoming disoriented. Everything they've learned and hold on to seems to fall down. And it's like, yeah, you study as a lawyer or a doctor, I still make more money. I still have a better life in terms of like the amount of rewards that I'm getting. And it's because I base myself on the objective reality. And that is what makes the difference between someone that is following and someone that is leading, in a sense. Someone that has a leading mindset, like a visionary mindset. 
And it's something that a lot of people can relate to and understand because this system is broken. This system makes you numb, makes you lobotomize your curiosity, your ability to think and question. And that's why the biggest thinkers of all time, they don't fall into this system of fake rewards and this framework. No, they think outside of it. They innovate. And that is, if you want to be an innovative thinker, you have to really go deep down and realize this mechanism and change it. Because you can, it's very specific. It really will help you guys tremendously. Measure based on impact. And that's why even when I talk to people and I say like, what is the impact? They don't even have the ability to relate to it. Same with destiny. Or even the guy yesterday, like the guy from Canada said like, you don't have a neuroscientist degree. Like, what are you like? They just think in this framework. And they can't think outside of it. They just cannot. They just give authority to the people that they've learned to give authority to. And that's it. They don't think for themselves. And that's the problem with the entire system. If you want to be a visionary, if you want to be an innovator, you got to think outside the system. I went and I learned about neuroscience, about physics, about like evolutionary biology. I did it all by myself. And the knowledge is the same. The only difference is I don't have to read all that other bullshit. And the fact that you give someone with a degree, by default, more authority, even without thinking about it, than someone that could have self-learned himself, just goes to show how delusional you are. Because if in the real world you go and try to find a job with just your degree, in so many cases I'm proven right. So many cases. They say like, we need experience. People like Albert here or Steve, they get a job like that in the IT sector. They would even get paid fat money, much more than a degree. I've talked to people at Razer. They said someone that can run a guild properly in World of Warcraft has more managing functionality and understanding in what we are doing than someone that has studied management. And that's the thing. Experience, impact, overrides, fake, empty reward system. Be aware of that. Think about it. Think for yourself. Because I'm really pinpointing to the core. People from when they grow up, at the start you were curious as a kid. You were questioning. And you were all the time getting hit in the face. You had that logic in you. You had this insight of curiosity, wanting to understand the world. But because you always got punched in the face, you start numbing yourself. You start holding on to these fake rewards. This goes really way back. As you grow older in this education system, everything, it's broken. It doesn't teach you how to be creative by truly think for yourself, innovate. No, it teaches you how to work in a machine. It teaches you how to think like a machine. But that's not how you have impact in the world. It's by being creative, by thinking outside the boundaries. And that's why I achieve so much. That's why even though I'm not a neuroscientist, I've come to one of the biggest discoveries of all time. The understanding of how we can connect a concept to our reward center. Just why people become religious, why people do what they do on a fundamental level. That's how I come I discovered it, even though I don't have a lab, even though I don't have a degree in psychology, even though I don't have all these things, I figured it out because I thought for myself. And that's also the case for a lot of scientists, even back in the days, a lot of these scientists that have achieved a lot didn't go to university. They read books themselves, they learned, they self-taught themselves. And of course you can't generalize this completely. If you want to be a surgeon or if you want to be a lawyer, of course I understand you need a system, you need a, a certain system, a framework in order to give people the ability to have this kind of insight and understanding. It's much harder. But when it comes down to neuroscience, when it comes down to like understanding physics, if you're really enthusiastic, you can learn that shit so much faster. You don't need this entire fake reward system, just question it yourself. You really grow up and you learn. And the thing is, do you know why I realized this? Because very early on, 
I had the intelligence to see through the stupid system. I saw that it didn't make sense. Why do I have to learn shit? Why would I have to put more time in pirating useless stuff so I get a pat on my back? I saw through the system straight away when I was really young. Same with Einstein. If you look at the life of Einstein, same with Carl Sagan. If you look at people that are quite intelligent, they see through the system. They see through all this intersubjectivity, this bullshit. They just see straight through it. So basically, I gotta learn all the shit that is useless so I get some fake points that I don't... What, for what? You see through it. And it's like, yeah, so you can make more money. For, for what? To buy stuff I don't need to impress people I don't like? Why? If you think about it, the system crumbles. It makes no sense. If you use your brain for five seconds, you just see straight through it. You're like, what the fuck am I doing? So I'm just explaining this for people to realize. If you think for yourself, if you think critically for yourself, and the only framework, the only authority that you have to explain yourself to is the actual reality the objective one, then you start thinking in impact. You don't start thinking in like, oh, intersubjectivity, oh, value. I got an award and I don't care about an award. Even if CNN asked me to come over, I don't care about these things. I wouldn't even go. The only reason why I went the first time is so I could use it. Like, hey, I went to CNN. For the rest, like, what is the impact? Who would care? I go to CNN. Who gives a shit? It's always about thinking. If you think about like, I go and claim an award. Who gives a shit? It's about actual impact. I think with impact. I don't think with how many people like me or value me. And there's so many people in calls sometimes that I have calls with that just don't understand. You know, even if you go to university and you don't find a job, do you know how you get paid back? By all the people feeling sorry for you. Going like, oh my God, you got your PhD and you can't find a job. You're working at the McDonald's. They make it up in validation. But it's, it's empty. You just wasted seven years of your life. You wasted your life. But you just feel all this, this validation and, and it calibrates you. And go like, okay, I guess I just am unlucky. Whatever. Bullshit. Don't believe in this lie. Use the impact, the objective reality to define the real deal. And you know what's funny? If you guys are put in a desert right now, right? You're going to be looking for water. And if you dig a hole and you can't find water and I come to you and say like, I give you 9 on 10 for digging this hole. You'd be like, I don't give a shit about your points. I want water. We've been desensitized from the objective reality because we're literally living freaking lie. And in the moment you start seeing it, you pop that bubble, that bubble that is completely fake. And you start seeing things for what they are. It's a very important insight, even for people that click. It's a very important insight because you carry that around. You've literally been conditioned and indoctrinated to think like that. Life is not a fake game with fake points. Think about it, guys. Intersubjectivity is subject to the objective reality. I really hope people will reflect on this. This is a very, very, very powerful insight and it could change your life. It could turn you from a nine to five job grinder into a visionaire. And the only thing you gotta do is you gotta track the emotion of this reward, this flawed ID and reflect on it and connect it to the objective reality. Just as much as your core value connected to logic, you gotta connect this reward system to the objective reality, this understanding. Reflect on it guys, it will help you. You wanna know how I become rich? You wanna know how I become successful? Because I see the world for what it is. By the way, I want to say, though, I'm not saying that the school system is shit, that we should remove the school system. I'm just saying the school system is extremely, extremely, yeah, like, like can be improved tremendously. But of course, it's right now. It is what it is, you know. So don't think black and white. Subscribe to youtube.com slash wins. Watch the live stream at twitch.tv slash Athene live. And follow the real Athene on Snapchat.